Well, good morning, uh, everyone. Um, it's, a, it's a very long and detailed passage um, that uh, we, we have to tackle today, um, which, which we'll, um, we'll, we'll try and go through um, before uh, tomorrow or something. Um, anyway, yeah, it's in Matthew 6, 5 to 18, and uh, it's all on prayer and fasting. Um, now, I, wa- I wonder, Jane, uh, um, please, will you um, grab a mic and, oh, yeah, yeah, grab the mic and um, save my voice. Do not be like the hypocrites, because they love to pray while standing in synagogues and on street corners so that people can see them. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your inner room, close the door, and pray to your Father in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you pray, do not babble repetitiously like the Gentiles, because they think that by their many words they will be heard. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. So, pray this way. Our Father in heaven, may your name be honoured. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we ourselves have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive others their sins, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, your Father will not forgive you your sins. When you fast, do not look sullen like the hypocrites. For they make their faces unattractive so that people will see them fasting. I tell you the truth, they have their reward. When you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others when you are fasting, but only to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. That's great. Okay. So... Here's the plan, um, and uh, it's only four, four bits. Um, so we have a problem which we're going to try and tackle. Um, we have a, a perspective which, um, and th- this section will be the, the longest, I think. Um, and then finally we'll get into prayer, and um, maybe we'll um, do a bit of fasting. Um, before lunch. <laughs> uh, okay. Now, here's the problem. Um, uh, uh, and this is about me, all right? What's wrong with me? Um, when, when I try and pray, I get distracted. You know, there are things in the room that I, I want to pick up. 
or there are thoughts that come into my mind and ah. And I mean, I, yeah, the passage is not about reading Bible, but I thought I'd just throw that in because I, sometimes I really find the Bible dry, unproductive. Nobody else? Right. <laughs> okay, and uh, fasting, well, that's pretty much impossible you know, when, when there's pizza around. Um, so it's all burden, it's all burden, and um, it's all duty. No, thank you. But Christian love is expressed through Christian duty. So what, what, we, what we need to try and do is find our way to love and then the duty will follow. You see, um, for example, um, when, when, um, when our kids were um, um, not well, um, I would happily clear up the, the, the sick. Um, you know, uh, our oldest son was, um, you know, he had one of these high up beds, and he, uh, and he said, "Oh, um, he, he said to us, I'm, 'I'm very glad I didn't actually manage to uh, put it on the quilt.' So he was really pleased about that. Uh, however, the rest of the room, not so much. So, but you know, the love." means the duty of cleaning up, even such a horrible thing as that, makes it not exactly a joy, but you know, you get what I mean. So here's how it works, as far as I can see. And we're, we're back with the chess set that I, um, that I um, um, the illustration I used last time. And here's the chest grandmaster. And um, he, 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 he actually makes the choice, I'm going to create a chest set. And you know, he's very skilled with wood, obviously. Um, so he speaks a word. Let there be light. And everything comes into being perfectly aligned, perfectly connected, everything in the right place, everything working according to the rules. And um, everything is very good. I, I love this image, actually. I, it actually moves me. Uh, because um, God is transcendent. That, uh, if you don't know that, well, let me explain. He is there before he creates. So the chess grandmaster is there and he makes the chessboard and the chess pieces. He isn't part of what he makes. He knows it all. I mean, he made it. He sees it all. 
all the board is laid out in front of him and he controls it all. In fact, Andy's uh, reading earlier, um, Andy Taylor, um, he, he read a, a passage which always moves me because, um, you know, that, that word, um, he, he, um, he sustains the world by his word of power. In fact, everything you touch is crackling with the energy of the, of, the, um, of the Son of God recreating the world moment by moment, instant by instant. Okay. And he takes special interest in this tiny dot, the, the tiny blue dot um, that, that became broken, this planet that we live on. It's broken because of humans, me, you. But he still loves it. So, here's an, another interesting bit. Um, um, the Trinity. Now, uh, let me do the best I can to explain a, a, um, something that is beyond any human being's brain um, to get a capacity to understand. All right. I've got a square here. I don't know if you can see it all right. This square can understand a pentagon. It can understand a triangle. It can even understand a weird shape like, um, what's this? trapezoid, yeah. But it can never understand a cube. So when it tries to understand the cube, it thinks it's one object, one. But there are six squares. What, what on earth? I, I don't get this. Poor square, it can never get it because it's trying to handle another dimension. So, the Trinity is beyond our comprehension, but we know this is, this is true. He is one God. Three persons, and what we have here is two of them, um, the Father and the Son, a representation. And what, what is perhaps 
the most mind-blowing miracle in the, in the history of the universe is that Jesus became imman, immanent, not imminent, immanent. It's like Emmanuel. God inside his creation. God with us. There's no other religion that has this. Only Christianity has a transcendent God and an immanent God. So, God the Father sent the Son, mind-blowing. Because, because our planet is broken, our, our whole universe is broken. And he didn't just send Jesus to die, he planned it that way. Although he loves Jesus, the Father and the Son love in a way which we, can, we can't even begin to imagine. So that's the sort of love we're talking about. This is the way God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. So, transcendent, immanent, and for us, for me. And please, can you take a moment to recapture that impact, if you like, that um, that first that that first dawning realization that you had, where you understood the love of God, and in turn you love Him back. Yeah, let's just take. Um, a moment or two to love Jesus the way we first did. <sighs> I, I, personally, I don't even want to move on, but you know, we're going to move on. Pawns only ever move forward, all right, on the chessboard. And they go from there to there, and when they reach the eighth rank, they are removed. And that's that. No more pawn. Gone. Um, and we, like pawns, can only move forward in time. And then we are removed. Uh, we had that the last time I spoke and it's still 
almost frightens me. Um, now, the thing is this, when a pawn meets, meets its end, it can be crowned. Now becoming a queen. Um, now, anyone recognize this picture? It's, it's from Pilgrim's Progress, actually by Harold Copping um, in the House of the Interpreter. But what, what's going on here is we have this um, guy with a muckrake, the man with the muckrake, and he's wrecking the muck and he refuses to look up and see the crown he's being offered. He's so intent on the muck of the, I don't know, fast car or the, um, uh, you know, the, the food he likes or, I, I don't know, what, what, I, I don't know what your muck is. What is Mark? Um, I, I just thought I'd um, share with you my life. Now, those little squares at the bottom are weeks, right? So across the top, we have 52 weeks, and then um, years going down the side. Uh, starting with naught at the top, um, and you might have worked that out. Um, so, babyhood, five years. How many weeks? Oh, I don't know, I can't do that. Um, primary education, uh, on that um, dark red circle, that's when I became a Christian. And then more education, and then my first job. And uh, that, that circle on the right is me being baptized. And uh, the one on the left of first job is getting married. And um, all, all my teaching career, uh, that, that red rectangle is um, living abroad. And then the uh, little circle there is being diagnosed with motor neuron disease. Um, Anyway, by a miracle, I carried on teaching, and by the grace of David Brothers. Thank you, David, again. Um, and then I retired, and we are now on that line there. And where am I heading? Well, once, I mean, once you're over 40, it's downhill. <laughs> <laughs> so, where am I heading? Am I going to just be removed like a pawn? Or am I going to look up and, and receive the crown? See, God, we know this, he's not an accessory to life. The transcendent God and the imminent 
Lord Jesus, by his spirit. He, he cannot be an accessory. He has to be our life's focus. Once, once he reveals himself to us, that's, that's that. He's our full focus. Oh, yeah. I forgot I did that. But. Yeah. So we focus on God. Oh, I, I remember. <laughs> Uh, the magnifying glass is your mind. Your mind focused on accessories, or, or rather God as an accessory, and uh, you know, you, you'll lose your focus on other things like the muck. But with focus on God, then all things are possible. All right, um, back to the plan. Uh, we've done the problem. We've done restoring perspective, which I hope has impacted you as it has me. Um, and we, we don't have much time. We, we're going to fly through prayer and fasting because the whole point is um, that if you love then your duties are going to be easy. Well, maybe not easy. Yeah, clearing up something. Uh, all right. Back to the Bible passage. Um, do we actually take Jesus' words literally? You know, like them going to your inner room. Well, um, pluck out your eye. Um, no, we don't. You know, Jesus said, pluck out your eye. Um, so we don't take Jesus literally. Well, not all the time. But um, the thing is, um, when, when it says, go into your room and close the door, what, what does that actually mean? Um, the thing is, Jesus likes people to think. He, 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 he doesn't say these things just, you know, casually. They are loaded with meaning. And uh, sometimes the meaning is not literal, like the pluck out your eye bit. Anyway, the, the, the prayer section um, starts with this whole thing of who are you trying to impress when you pray? Even when you're on your own, you can try and impress yourself. Anyone done that? No, I have. Um, and the passage also talks about rewards. Your, your father who sees in secret will reward you. And I, I'll put the crown there again. Where is your room with no distractions? I, I think that, you know, it may be a real physical room with no distractions. 
or it may be a place somewhere inside where you know you can settle down and focus. And that, that bit about um, babbling on, Babylon, uh, that's Babylon, in case you hadn't worked it out, well, at least that hour. Um, he knows your needs, so when it comes to praying about your needs, it's all right to go long-winded when you're praying about other people, evidently, but praying about your own needs, not so much. Oh, what's happening? It's not moving. Oh. Um, can you move it on, Martin, please? Ah, yeah. All right, the Lord's Prayer. So, the first bit of the Lord's Prayer focus on God himself. Then the second bit is focusing on God's kingdom. Then focusing on personal needs. And then focusing on forgiveness. The vertical forgiveness depends on the horizontal. And then focus on the enemies. The enemy of temptation, internal. And the enemy of the evil one, external. Oh, um, it's moving on quite fast. Uh, um, uh, it must have stacked up all the presses I did. Uh, uh, all right. Um, so, if you forgive others, you will be forgiven. If you don't forgive others, you won't be. Seriously, you won't be. You won't be forgiven. Anything in your in, inside you that is holding somebody else to account. Let it go. Let it go. You won't be forgiven. I mean, the consequences of that are eternal. All right, finally, fasting. And we'll skip through this fast <laughs> um, because we're really... Um, getting a bit bored. Um, well, when, when I look around, I, I'm seeing people, you know. Pray. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, now, uh, in the Western world, we are very used to coddling ourselves. Yeah, well, I am, anyway. Um, and... Um, we get very dramatic for any discomfort. Oh, it's freezing in there. <laughs> you know, it's like 18 degrees centigrade. Well, I mean, I, I personally, I grew up in a house with no central heating. Getting out of bed in the morning was a real chilling experience. Um, and I, we, we used to pull our underclothes into the bed to warm them up. You know. Uh, that sort of thing. Well, you know, so the, the human frame can last 
Um, it can survive in all sorts of circumstances. So, you know, it's nice to cold yourself occasionally, but be aware that you can stand up to a little bit of heat in the summer, a little bit cold in the winter. <coughs> now, here's the thing about fasting. Um, if, if you are hungry when you fast, what does it do? It makes you focus on the food. But and you know that because you're going to refuse your body that, that you have to turn your focus elsewhere. So you focus on the Lord. And this is, uh, I think it's the last one. Um, I want to pray and fast if I can. But the first thing is because I love God.